As a business owner of an aquaculture company, how can you take the first step to be profitable and sustainable at the same time? That's what we're going to be talking about in these episodes. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Aquaculture podcast. This is the podcast for the sustainable business movement in the aqua farming and ocean ranching industries. This podcast aims to amplify the voices of entrepreneurs addressing the United Nations Global Goals, aka Sustainable Development Goals, number 14, to conserve and sustainably use the oceans and the seas. Listen in to fellow business aquaculturists in their journey in this new model of food production of making their business sustainable and help the ocean's ecology while also making a profit all at the same time. Get inspired to learn how even small to medium businesses can make an impact to save the seas, leave a legacy, and have a better quality of life. One of our goals is you take away a nugget of wisdom that will help your business move from the industrial revolution to business 5.0. Our vision is that of collaboration in the aquaculture industry. I'm Lourdes Gant, your host. Hi, everybody. I had four weeks of rest from the podcast, and I am delighted to share with everybody the top 15 trends in the business of agriculture coming from the season one interviews are available. So you can now download that directly online, and the link is www.sustainableaquaculture.ca slash top trends and you'll be able to see the top 15 trends in the business of aquaculture. But at the same time, I also wanted to share what they are because I think it's worth mentioning how this collation and amalgamation of experts are able to give us this top 15 trends. So I'd like to start with the first one. Seasteading. So this is from a book from Joke Work. And we think of the floating nations, which are now being built upon the sea, are going to restore the environment, enrich the poor, cure the sick, and liberate humanity as they become free from overburdening land-based governments. So this book is based on idea that when you're in the sea, so they call it seasteading, which is a take from the word homesteading, because some of the countries that done this did it beautifully. Case in point, Singapore, when they started actually being an island, they become more productive, lesser interference from several factors that has been affecting the country's productivity, government, bureaucracy, and other interferences. So this was kind of the model that this book is talking about. So that's trend number one, seasteading. Trend number two, ecologically beneficial seaweed and shellfish aquaculture. So the nutrient runoff off from human occupation along our shoreline is creating artificially high microalgae blooms that are feeding on these nutrients. This is upsetting the natural ecology. Maybe most of you know that, maybe some don't. On a large scale, low density, seaweed and shellfish cultivation, which feed upon these excessive nutrients and blooms, will produce massive amounts of food for humans, all the while helping to rebalance the ecology. Here in North America, right now, seaweed is the darling of the industry, if we have to call it that, and it's very famous right now. Lots of plant-based 
conversations around this topic. And of course, with the challenge of food production, shellfish as well is coming on board, even though it's been quite a while that we've been wanting to promote how polyculture, which is actually our other trend, other terms around it is called integrated multithrophic aquaculture. This will be experiencing explosive growth in the near future. And it has the economic potential to produce massive quantities of food, all the while helping to maintain and improve upon the health of the ecology of the ocean. Another trend is feeding the poor. There are hundreds of thousands of hectares of subtital area along our ocean shorelines here in Canada that are suitable for culturing species such as guida clumps, which of course I'm biased because that's the species that we specialize in. But once you get up into that kind of economies of scale, you no longer are just feeding the rich. You are also feeding the poor. And as you know, this is also in line with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals on ending poverty in all its forms everywhere. So the next trend that I want to talk about is diversification in location. If you grow all your crop in one geographical region and that area becomes susceptible to political or ecological problems, there may not be much you can do. So you're going to see more large companies diversifying into different areas all around the world. I remember we used to live in Mexico and we were investigating how can we grow our shellfish in that geographical area compared to how we grow it here in Canada. So we'll be seeing more companies diversifying in different countries. I'm wondering if we explore production of gooey duck in Australia, if that's even feasible, because they have sharks there and we work under the ocean. So I don't know if the divers are going to be scared or this is going to be a good challenge for them. (laughs) For the next trend is large company expansion. You're going to be seeing, or you probably already saw, the mom and pop aquaculture industry is fading away in the developed countries. So we're going to see the larger companies exponentially expanding within the aquaculture industry. At the same time, subsistence level local fishing economies will be moving into aquaculture as their shoreline fisheries collapse from factory fishing encroachment. And I don't know if you're familiar with some of the docs that's happening around the globe in the business world, but special purpose acquisition companies or SPACs have gotten really famous since COVID hit. And this is also contributing to how mom and pop companies in the aquaculture industry can take advantage as well, because you can have a SPAC sponsor and automatically the company becomes more large scale because of the support from the SPAC sponsor. The next trend is aquaculture technology. This has been the main top trend from all of the guests who was interviewed in my podcast. Technology, of course, in the future will do more than just produce food. It will also be used to reduce or mitigate negative environmental effects. And of course, talk about nanobubble, precision aquaculture, Internet of Things, and other movements will become career choices in their own right for people seeking work in the aquaculture industry. And at this point, I actually would like to also bring in the concept of Society 5.0, because Society 1.0 was the hunter-gatherer stage. Society 
2.0 was when the agrarian reform happened and then society 3.0 is based on the industrial revolution then society 4.0 is when there's information technology and now we're seeing more and more companies who are thriving because they have entered the imagination society that's why Elon Musk is thriving that's why Jeff Bezos is thriving everything from imagination as you saw how Uber took off and they were able to be leading edge in what they're doing because of the imagination creating the product line or the services that they've rendered to the economy. I'm mentioning this because Japan introduced Society 5.0 in 2019 and most of the businesses that are able to catch up to become in the imagination society, Society 5.0 will thrive in this coming decade. And there are five technology that are emerging that you're already seeing. So aquaculture technology is just part of the green technology. You're hearing a lot of sustainability talk and we're in that agri-tech, aquaculture technology. And then there's also the medical technology, med tech. And of course, you've heard probably fintech, financial technology. And then there's a space tech as well. And all of this is part of the Society 5.0. I mentioned green tech, which leads me to my next trend, sustainability lingo. Greenwashing is helping people to distinguish the genuinely sustainable from the knockoffs. So sustainability is becoming a cliche. So some of the new hashtags or wordings that you're seeing, especially in North America, is climate positive, future positive, responsible agriculture, restorative aquaculture, responsible seafood. So all this new marketing lingo around the word sustainability will be showing up more and more. So be wary of that. It's still not as much as I know in Europe or in Asia, sustainability is still the word that they're using, but you'll be seeing this trend in the next decade of changing the word sustainability. The next trend is on traceability and transparency. So these concepts will also help make greenwashing more noticeable as well as build increasing trust by the end user in the quality of the product. These two concepts of traceability and transparency will also aid in the development of a healthy genetics. And then it will lead me to my next trend in terms of blue philanthropy. Everybody in the industry would probably want to have to give their social contribution, wanting to do something meaningful with their money as immense wealth becomes increasingly concentrated into fewer hands will help accelerate the development of the sustainability movement within the aquaculture industry. And that's a good thing. The next one is one of our guests calls it blue carbon credit setup. And it's like you get brownie points if you are being clean energy, right? Clean in terms of what you're doing in the industry. Growing government support to cure marine and microplastics pollution, working symbiotically with philanthropy as part of the blue economy strategy will increase investment into the right kind of aquaculture. The next one is meat cultivation. Responsibly sourced high-quality protein from the sea will reduce the pressure on land-based meat production. You're probably already seeing, I think I remember seeing the other day that Singapore came up with the first plant-based beef. So it's interesting how that will cascade in the seafood industry. 
or probably already did. One of my favorite trends is increased collaboration because as I probably, I don't know if I mentioned the three pillars of sustainability that I've devised is leadership, partnership, and stewardship, and increased collaboration is in the second pillar, which is partnership. So reconciliation, social justice movements, indigenous partnerships, ecosystem management, better technology, and then, of course, if there's more educated people, better supply lines and adaptive management strategies, this will all speed up the advancement of the aquaculture industry. That is my favorite trend so far. And then the last three, shorter production cycles. So part of the aquaculture technology will involve shorter payback period and increase in productivity. And then, of course, there's the recirculating aquaculture system. Land-based aquaculture and close containment will bring aquaculture closer to major metropolitan areas, reducing transportation costs and creating a metropolitan local food system. This is one of the most invested in terms of what's going on in the industry right now is the RAS system. And last, and absolutely not the least, is the shift in consumer trends. So if you go to fish2.0.org, there's an investment insight there on consumer trends. And I think the Global Aquaculture Alliance also had a webinar on the consumer trends, especially after COVID. But of course, you've noticed people are starting to cook more at home and are becoming increasingly conscious of what they're buying. They want supportively packaged, safe, healthy food with a low carbon footprint. So I kind of did like a sprint of all the 15 top trends from the interviews that I did. But go ahead, download the report, www.sustainableaquaculture slash top trends, and you'll be able to see this report. No need to put your email, no opt-in, that link, you will get the report right away. So I am looking forward for second season and I will bring you my first guest in the coming weeks. And we have some high-profile people in the aquaculture industry said yes when I invited them. So I'm so excited to share with you season two and take care. I'll see you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening, and I hope you are inspired from this episode. Do take a moment and share this with your friends and colleagues, and rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love to know what your biggest takeaway from this conversation has been. What are you going to do differently? Please share your thoughts across social media and tag us. For links and show notes for this episode, visit our website, www.sustainableaquaculture.ca podcast. Thank you again. I hope you will join me on the next episode and together we can help create a better business in aquaculture. <music>